BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Would it make sense for the Panthers, David Tapper, the owner, loves to trade for quarterbacks, to trade for Kirk Cousins? Oh, man. I mean, I have, like, we're, this whole show is about uh, quarterbacks that I feel some type of way about. Kirk Cousins um, is so average. He <laughs> is, like, the definition of average. Like, his career record is 59 and 59 and 1. Like, I don't know if you get <laughs> more average, average than that. I mean, he, like, I will say he's a much better businessman than, than an NFL, NFL quarterback. He's a great businessman. Like, he, he doesn't win big games. He's certainly capable, I guess, enough quarterback, um, but he, he couldn't win in, in Minnesota with very good supporting cast on offense. Um, so why is he going to have success in, in Carolina? I just feel like the perception of Kirk Cousins is really just about <laughs> his best statistic, which is his bank account. Hello and welcome to the Viking Age podcast. My name is Chris Shad. Our co-host Adam Patrick is over here to the left. I'm probably pointing in the wrong direction because everything's flipped and I'm still getting used to YouTube. But welcome. We do this every monday and thursday night at 6 15 p.m make sure you check out our youtube channel the viking age subscribe like comment do all that fun youtube stuff so you never miss an episode and without further ado my co-host mr adam patrick adam how you doing tonight man doing pretty good uh it's a nice sunny sunny day here on the, on the west coast i know minnesota people probably don't feel the same way but Oh, it's, uh, dude! It's it's a it's a it's a eighty degrees here in on the final day in February, and uh, it's nice. It's it's, it's I, very nice. And not to rub I it in anybody checked, in Minnesota, but no, 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 no. We to. we take no offense right now because <laughs> I just checked my watch. It is six twenty two local time, and it is forty three degrees. Oh like, wow! I I got an Apple Watch for Christmas kind of as my own little thing. And like for the first time ever, I'm seeing green on the little temperature thing and it just makes me so happy inside. So you brag about 80 degrees all you want. That's, that's great. I love this time of year where it just starts to warm up. You're feeling better. Like it's all good. We'll get to 80 eventually and we'll enjoy that too. So that we run the gauntlet here in Minnesota. For sure. Um, yeah, I, Right now, like, how is he happy at forty six degrees? Yeah, right now, eighty eighty to you is 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 forty. So you know, 
You're, you're breaking out the shorts. So I understand for sure. So that's enough weather talk. I mean, this is yeah. a Midwestern team podcast, obviously, yeah. but yeah. what would a Viking podcast be without some mandatory Kirk Cousins discussion, right? For sure. I was trying to think of this before the show, though, and I think we need to give this a name because every week we got to have something on Kirk because that's the most important decision of the offseason. Until he's gone. Yeah, until he's gone. And I came up with some ideas and they're all based off of soap operas. So I have as the Kirk turns, um, I have Bryce Young and the Kirkless. I have guiding Kirk, which I I don't know, uh, general cousins. And of course, Monday Night Cousins, because wrestling's technically a soap opera for guys who don't admit to watching soap operas. So we could go that route as well. No, what do no, you think? Uh, no Kirk of our lives or anything oh, like that. Cousins <laughs> of our lives. Although some people um, would think it, they would mistake it for a Kentucky reality show. Just like, yeah. what is this, Deliverance? Yeah. Like, yeah. What? yeah. Um, I was brainstorming too, and I thought of instead of checking in with Kirk, we could, we could do checking down with Kirk. Since, Ooh. you know, since, <laughs> although, you know, it's been refuted, he's not a, a dink and dunk kind of guy. Uh, we all know he loves to uh, fancy the uh, easy pass to a CJ Ham or, or a Tyler Conklin in the flat or even an Amir Abdullah when he was still on the roster. Uh, he seemed to be frequently targeted way more than he should have been. So uh, I think I think we should go maybe checking down with Kirk, you know, every week. Well, maybe, maybe we'll create some uh, some fancy graphics or something for that. But uh we can we can do that unless unless you think it should be something else. Checking down with Kirk kind of sounds. I like that. <laughs> I, th- I think we'll go with it. That's better than anything I came up with. Okay. So okay. and it's on brand. Um, but the latest in the Kirk Cousins discussion came from Chad Graff, the Athletic, who had a article dropping which basically described Kevin O'Connell's challenges with Kirk Cousins. Uh, he described the options, which is basically sign him to an extension or trade him. But he offer, also offered this note about Mike Zimmer's relationship with Kirk Cousins. And these are just juicy at this point. So, I mean, anything that comes across the wire, we're just going to be like kids. You know, like when you had two kids at lunch that just like started throwing haymakers across the cafeteria and you didn't jump in, but you just kind of watched like, ooh, they're going to get in trouble. Like, that's exactly what I feel between Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins at this point. Um, But Chad Graff said this. He said that Mike Zimmer complained openly in coaching meetings about Cousins and some of Zimmer's top lieutenants echoed the sentiment. Zimmer didn't feel the quarterback made enough winning plays, that he didn't take the necessary shots to help lead the Vikings to victory, and that he didn't elevate his teammates. He continues, but that view wasn't shared by everyone. Some, especially in the front office, thought Zimmer didn't handle the situation well. They acknowledged to Zimmer that Cousins isn't a perfect quarterback, but Zimmer's job as head coach was to get the most out of the quarterback and undercutting his play and coaching meetings didn't help. My first question to you, Adam, are we really surprised by this? Oh, no, not at all. Uh, Based on what we know after uh, Zimmer was fired and, and even before he was fired and some of his feelings about Kirk Cousins. We knew that that relationship was uh, not really ever good, pretty rocky, uh, okay at best. Um, that was pr- it was pretty obvious when the two you know what was the Lions game where they won 
on the last second field goal and Kirk went over to Cousins and shook him and was like, you know, you like that? And Zimmer's like, you know, basically get your hands off me. I, I'm I, I rip do your not face like off. that. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was pretty clear when that was made. Um, and yeah, we it takes, what, four years for them to have a, a weekly meeting together, which is probably forced by like Spielman or, or someone high above. Um, the thing about that, though, I think Mike Zimmer gets a lot of blame for for that, you know, not not uh, interacting with his quarterback enough over the over the last four years. But there's two people in this this uh, this scenario. Mike Zimmer does not deserve all the blame. Kirk Cousins could have been like, hey, man, like we're going to do this. Like I'm the quarterback. I'm the leader. I have to do this for for this team to be better. And he didn't, um, you know, even if uh, he he tried or whatever. He didn't. He didn't try hard enough because, you know, it's not fair for Mike Zimmer to take all the blame. Yes, Mike Zimmer deserves a bunch of the blame for the way things happened the last four years during Kirk Cousins' entire tenure. But Kirk Cousins deserves plenty of blame too. He is the quarterback. He's the highest paid player on the team. He's the you know, the guy who's supposed to take this team to the the next level and and lead this team. But instead, it seems like he's the guy who just you know punches in, punches out. Uh, you know, runs runs the plays, doesn't make any you know too many mistakes, and then you know goes home when he's done is his his nine to five day. He doesn't sound like he's some guy who's gonna get there at four in the morning to watch film with Mike Zimmer and then stay until like eight o'clock at night. And you know what? Whatever, that's that's his decision. But but don't put all the blame on Zimmer. Like he's the reason why this this demise happened. Because Kirk Cousins deserves just as much blame for these two not getting along as Mike Zimmer. Um, so no, I'm not surprised at all. I'm I'm, gu- I'm guessing you weren't either. No, um, this is just who Kirk Cousins is. I mean, I mean, everything that you said is why people are like, hey, maybe we should get rid of him. Maybe we should try and get an upgrade at quarterback. Like all of these things, because I had a repassan on the Homer Horn podcast, my other podcast. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the two articles at The Athletic. He wrote one about comparing Kirk Cousins to Matthew Stafford. And he wrote another about just kind of who Kirk Cousins is, like what his tendencies are, all these other things. And one of the things that he, he told mentioned the truth. was, yeah, one of those, oh my God, like it wasn't some kind of spin to warp Twitter take. There's research and there mm-hmm. were, You know, tea leaves and everything. One of the things that he put on there was that Cousins had an actual room at the Washington training facility that was like an office. It was like an office cubicle. He had like a leather chair. He had a desk. He had two monitors. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I just, that was crazy. And then he also talked about how Kirk, when he got to Michigan State, he was fifth on the depth chart. And one of the things he talked about was, I didn't want to come in and I didn't want to step on anybody's toes and like overtake the team because I didn't feel like that was my responsibility. And I'm starting to wonder if cousins kind of fell into that trap with the Vikings, because you think about when he got there, there was a nucleus already established with the Vikings. There were strong personalities. There were leaders. They had just went to an NFC championship game. And then you throw Kirk in and the first couple of weeks, you know, Kirk had those really like awkward, pregame speeches like when, I, yeah, I when, been... when Zimmer not not Zimmer when Everson Griffin went out and they needed a new like speech guy and Kirk yeah. did it and he clearly practiced practiced in like the mirror the night before like every single motion he was going to do and then it was just it was 
painfully fake when he was his doing his speech. He's he's like doing Eminem lyrics, just like, "Hey guys, you only got one shot. Yeah, one <laughs> opportunity. Make this seize everything you wanted. You want cancer? Yeah. Let's look." Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. a little aggressive for my own voice. <laughs> Twenty five minutes to last on this podcast, but but I mean that's just it. Like you had Dalvin Cook, you had Adam Thielen, you had Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks. Like you can name so many other Vikings that are higher on that totem pole than when Kirk Cousins got here. And I think that's really just shaking him up. And, and it's like rattled him to the point where he won't even call timeout. And like part of that is, you know, I think there is a little bit of, you know, the Dallas game. It's like, I don't know, Mike, do you want me to call a timeout? I don't know, Kirk, do you want to call a timeout? I don't know, Mike, do you want me to call? I don't know, Kirk, do you want to call that? And it's just like, somebody's got it. Somebody's got it. I'm done. Like, I'm yeah, done. Aaron, like we hear it all the time about, Aaron Rodgers or, or Patrick Mahomes or or even now Joe Burrow, you know, if if something breaks down, they don't get to play in time or whatever, then then they make that decision on the field. Like they don't wait for their coach to be like, okay, yeah, do this. If 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 the like what is it, the receiver or whatever, like in their helmet, like that went out with Joe Burrow for like a couple of plays or a yeah. series once, and he called the the whole series. Could you imagine if that happened to Kirk Cousins? He would free, he would call I don't even know if he would call timeout immediately because he wouldn't know if he was allowed to call timeout. He um, would be like a lost kid at Target if that happened. Yeah, he, Just like, he, where's my adults? Where's my adult? Can we can you page my mom? Can you page can you page Coach Zimmer? I don't know what's happening. I, and he's been in the league for, for how long? Um this will be his He'll be going in the league. league. He'll be going into his eleventh year. He's a big boy. He's his eleventh year. This is yeah. the year. This is the year where things are going to be come together. Year eleven, unleashed Kirk, yeah, season five. Is, here we go. No, so this week's going to be yeah. a big development in this saga, though. And Quasi, Kevin O'Connell, and Kirk are going to sit down. They're going to discuss contract. Kirk's probably going to say, "Give me forty million. They'll laugh and they'll call Matt Rule for a trade. Is that is that accurate? You think, or what do you think happens? <sighs> yeah, I mean. Kirk Cousins and his camp or whatever have shown there have been no signs or hints of, of him willing to take less money or, you know, take a, a team, a longer extension so that the team can spread out the cap hits. Um, there has been no sign of that. He wants his money now. He wants to make sure he can get as much big money contracts as possible. So he's not going to take a five or six year extension to help out his team. Um, he he wants the money, um, and until we're proven otherwise, I don't see how anyone can say otherwise. Because you see on on Twitter or whatever, like, oh, he's he's he'll he'll, he'll take less money. He'll take twenty five million a year. No, he will not. He will. He hasn't made twenty five million since like twenty fifteen. He's not. He is not going to do that. If he, I, I don't want to bring this up really because i hate the subject because it just it's so divisive but the second that kirk cousins decided to not take the vaccine for the for for covid or whatever that's when i was like okay this this he's not willing to do whatever it takes for for the team yeah i felt like that was made pretty obvious when he had, and then he had this whole like spiel or whatever. He had to have a whole press conference to be like, "Oh no, 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 it's okay. I got my own thing." Like, if he 
didn't care what people thought about him, not about the team, about him, then he wouldn't have had a press conference like that. Like when he said that if I die, if I if I die, I die thing. He the next day he had to make sure that he had like a breaking press conference to make sure everyone, you know, understood what he meant. When he could just been like, whatever, I said what I said, who cares? But he cares yeah. so much about like his public image and his passer rating and his completion percentage. Like the slightest, like remember when he played so well against the Packers this season and he threw some some passes where you're like, Ugh, and he almost threw like a, a game ending interception. And after but the game, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. After the game, everyone's they, like, they won. yeah, they, they won. They beat the Packers who were the number one seed in the NFC. Um, and, and after the game, everyone's like, oh, good job. Like, you know, you were, you were more aggressive this game. You know, is that something you're going to do in the future? And Kirk pretty much was like, no. I'm not. I was way too aggressive. I can't do that anymore. And everyone's like, but, but, you, but you just won. You just beat like one of the best teams in the NFL. And he's like, nope, too many mistakes. Like I understand quarterbacks and the quarterback speak like, like, you know, we made us, we still made a lot of mistakes on the field, but he was like, no, I can't play like that ever again. Like that is inexcusable. Um, so in year 11, I don't expect that to change. I don't know about you. You mentioned the exact reason why I want to get out, get rid of Kirk. Because I, you know, as a quarterback, if you took away the personality and just threw him in a Madden game, like, I'd be like, yeah, I'll play with him. He's got what, look, he's got all the tools to be successful, but it's between the ears is the problem. You talk about the vaccine and like the fact that he wants every penny possible last year was every man for himself on that team. Like nobody cared about the Minnesota Vikings. They cared about getting paid. They cared about their own stats and they cared about themselves. If you want proof of that, Chris Boyd got a 15 yard unsportsmanlike penalty against the Steelers. And he went and he posted the picture on Instagram. Like ladies love the gram. Look at this 15 yard penalty. It's like, get, what are you likes. doing? Yeah. Get likes. So, and then you have Dalvin Cook who, yeah, playing with that shoulder injury, pretty tough. You know what I mean? But then he he goes up in front of everybody and has the audacity say to say, well, I'd do anything to help the team win. You sure about that? Because you didn't get the shot either, dude. Like, like let's, let's just talk about that here. And then Kirk Cousins as well, like, he wound up being the poster child for all this thing. And, and they talked about how some of the players wouldn't get the shot because they thought they'd be looked down on by the higher players of the team. Like, that's a culture thing. And mm -hmm. if Kirk doesn't want to turn around and do things that are for the betterment of the team, screw them. Get them out of here. Like, I, look, I'm done with it. Like, looked down upon by who? Because Jefferson got it. You know, Daniel Hunter oh. got it. Eric Kendricks got it. Like, who who was looking down on you? Adam Thielen? Like, who cares? Like, Brian O'Neill got it. He's from Minnesota, like, though. Yeah, you know like that, right? Mike Zimmer. Mike yeah. Zimmer was like campaigning every day for everyone to get it. Who was looking down on you? Like, that? I hear that, and I'm like, I, I don't understand that at all. And the pe people, one last thing on this, people are like, oh, why does Kirk always get all the blame for not taking the vaccine? Because, um, you know, like plenty of other guys didn't take it. It's like because he's the highest paid player on the team. He's the guy who's going to get all the attention, whether you like it or not. So he's going to and he's the guy who has the ball in his hands 70 times a game. So he's going to get this blame and focus, whether people like it or not. Um, And if, you know, it's funny people bring up, like it's a team game when, you know, stuff like this happens. Like, oh, all the other, why don't all the other players, you know, make up for what, what he's, you know, not able to do or whatever. And then it's like, well, you know, when it comes down to, you know, com 
saying Kirk Cousins get, had a comeback win or whatever. And it's like, well, why is it not a team game then? Like, what, what, what's it's it's only the way that you want to see it. And then I, I don't know that the, the the I'm just flustered by the, the constant Kirk stands every day. I'm just twisting things like I saw something today about how like score north is going to have nothing to cover uh, once Kirk Cousins is gone. I'm like, do you understand how any of this works? Like there's it's a team game. There's 52 other players on the team. There's clearly plenty to talk about. Dalvin Cook still has a lawsuit against him. You know, Justin Jefferson is amazing. Daniel Hunter could be traded. There's plenty to talk about. But guess what? Her Cousins is the highest paid player on the team. He's the quarterback, most important position. So he's going to be talked about the most. If you don't want to listen to it, go somewhere else. You have that ability. So that's my little rant. Well, <laughs> while the Vikings are talking to Kirk Cousins' agents at St. Elmo's or some back room at Lucas Oil Stadium, there will be the annual Underwear Olympics. We didn't have it last year. I forgot about that. There was no NFL scouting combine last year, but it is back. I will be parked in front of my couch. One last thing. Yeah. I just want yeah. to say between Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins, I would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo as the Vikings starting quarterback because people are like, oh, QB wins. The guy clearly wins wherever he is. He's got he's won like 70% of the games in the regular season, got a four and two record in the playoffs. Like he, yeah, he makes mistakes, but that's because he takes chances. Okay? So if if Kevin O'Connell can get the most out of Kirk Cousins and take him to the next level, he can probably do that for Jimmy Garoppolo too. So uh uh but if, if there's a choice between the two, if if Kyle Shanahan wants to be like, hey, let's trade uh Garoppolo, and I'll get my guy Kirk Cousins finally, because I've always wanted him. Like, I've been after him for so long. And Vikings will be like, sure, you can have him. Um, I would be gladly have the Vikings have Jimmy Garoppolo for a year or whatever. So that's the one last thing I wanted to say. You know, want to know a big difference? If Jimmy Garoppolo hits uh, Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl, he's got one of these yeah. that Kirk does not have because that His, game's over. The team game thing. If his defense, you know, makes stop makes one more stop too, he's a Super Bowl champion. So, but he's he's got the uh, you know Hall of Fame late game coach and, and Kyle Shanahan. So he had that going against him too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so back to the combine though. It's going to be underwear Olympics. It's going to be on NFL Network. People are going to overreact to everything. Adam, who are you most excited to see at the NFL scouting combine? Um, when I watch the combine, I'm never like really watching specific guys unless there's like really just these big name players, which I don't think there really is this, this draft. There's like some notable guys, but I think they're only really notable to people who cover the sport and, and cover the draft. Um, but I would really like, I really like to look at like the, the whole position groups and then afterwards figure out who stood out the most. So I'm at the combine. I'm going to be looking at Vikings specifically for interior offensive linemen. I think this is a very important position for them to figure out this offseason. I think it's pretty obvious because Garrett Bradbury is terrible. Ali Uda. Udo is uh, pretty terrible last year. Uh, and uh, Dakota Dozier, like, you're not going to bring him back. So uh, they need to figure out what they want to do there. Um, we all know about, okay, uh, this is a name, Tyler Lindenbaum, uh, Linderbaum from uh, Iowa. But he's projected to go pretty high. I think I think I saw some, some mocks have him like the top 10 or whatever. Um, 
So, but I want I I want to see who else stands out in this group, and you know, Quasi Adolfo Mensa comes from two teams, the Browns and the 49ers, who who emphasize you know building through the trenches, and I feel like he's probably going to do something similar with the Vikings. So that's that's a position group that I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, this week. Interior offensive lineman. Then I'm going to be looking at tight ends because Tyler Conklin is a free agent. Irv Smith is coming off a knee injury, and don't really know who else they have there uh, depth-wise. And you also have to think, you know, maybe, you know, the Vikings are looking to maybe replace Irv Smith already because he's been a lot of hype, I feel like, and and not so much return. And I think he's entering the final year of his contract anyways. Um, so, you know, maybe start thinking about that. I kind of got a sleeper here with this position group, which is running backs because... In 2023, the Vikings can clear almost $8 million in cap space by trading or releasing Dalvin Cook. Um, and Alexander Madison is also a free agent next year as well. So I think they should start thinking about that, um, especially because Kane Wangu is right now he's really still just a special teams weapon or whatever. And maybe he can be more the offense next year. But at this point, he's, he's just strictly special teams uh, use. So running backs. I'm going to keep an eye on those guys. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, hey, let's take someone in the second round. And people are like, hey, wait a minute. What are they doing? Um, but And then always wide receivers. I think everyone, a lot of people like to pay attention to the wide receivers. But, you know, specifically for the Vikings, Adam Thielen's not getting any younger. Uh, you know, we, you know, KJ Osborne has made some nice progressions, but are we sure that he can step in and be the, the next number two guy uh, for the Vikings with Justin Jefferson? And you know, whenever Thielen's gone down the last two years, their 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 depth has been just not good at wide receiver. So there is one guy, one receiver I do like. I saw some clips of him the other day. Is Sky Moore out of Western Michigan? Um, I liked him. Really good route runner. Creates separation with ease. Something like Laquan Treadwell was never able to do. Uh, and it just reminds me. It reminded me of Stefan Diggs with like how violent his his cuts are. In his route, so that's just those. That's some, some stuff I'll be watching for in the combine this week. Do you do you watch the combine like live and stuff, or do you like kind of go back and and check out highlights? I guess. I mean, if I'm around, I throw it on. Like I, I guess right. I work during the morning, so I can't right. Right. throw it on live. So I mean, I, I'll probably just go back, watch, look at some of the results, maybe the RAS scores later, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. it, I mean, if somebody does something incredible, it's usually on Twitter. So, I mean, I can find out that way or for sure. there's for a lot sure. of draft analysts that are it's, more plugged into me. Prime, it's prime time this year? I think so. So, so yeah. So, you might even be able to watch it because it's, it's like it goes to like 10 on Friday or something. They should. You know what I wish they would do? They should like televise the team interviews. Just like just see yeah, the would, kids like never sweat. Do that. Oh, never. Never. Never, but it would just be, it would be so funny to see. So, uh, you see yourself as a cat or a dog in some poor offensive lineman from like, I was going to say, because the team, it's like, uh, the teams will probably get in more trouble than the actual, uh, like, like the prospects because of the questions that they ask. Cause we've already heard about all like the terrible questions people have been asked. So if we see those live, they're going to be like, Oh, sorry. You know? So yeah, that's, (laughs) that's never going to happen. Yeah. Any, any specific people? You're watching? Yeah, the prospect I'm looking at is Malik Willis. Um, and it's because right. I think he's the toolsiest quarterback in this class. I had Tyler Fornis on the Homer Horn, and he mentioned yeah. that in this class, you have to have some conviction with whoever you take. 
So if that's Malik Willis, who's got a big arm, who's got a lot of mobility, some questions about his accuracy, but I, I don't care about that. As long as he's not rifling passes where the popcorn vendors should be, I totally think he's a guy that the Vikings should trade up for if they want him. Uh, the rest of the quarterback class, show me something. Show me that you're on the same level. Show me some tools. Show me some intangibles. Like It's always hard at the combine because you don't have a Aaron Donald sprinting full speed at you while you're making these throws, so you can't really tell. But I think that it, with the quarterbacks, you know, Sam Howell, there's a lot of questions there because he was really good as his freshman year, but then things kind of went away and are you Kirk Cousins? Do you need everything perfect for you to succeed? Like, that's a big question for me. Carson Strong has a bazooka attached to his neck, but his knee might be deteriorating. That's a concern for me. Uh, Matt Corral's not going to throw. And that is something to me because every highlight I see of his is him running in an RPO. So can you throw? Are, are you good at this? Like, yeah. what what do I need to see from you? Like, all these prospects just need to show me something. Can he pick it? I still have reservations on the Vikings taking a guy who has a first baseman name. But I think that's, that was a, that was a bad joke, wasn't it? But um, he's got, he's got the hands and, you know, I hear he struggles in cold weather and stuff like all no, talk these to Vikings fans about hands. Of, okay. We don't want to hear about yeah. hands. Dante oh, Culpepper flashback. No, we don't want to hear about any hand size. Get that out of here. I want to look at the entire cornerback group too, because they need corners like Patrick Peterson. I'd, I'd be surprised if he came back. I think he wants right. to, but yep. I mean, if he gets an offer from a Super Bowl team, he's going to go there. Um, your cornerback. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't come back. No. <laughs> like If I were Patrick Peterson, like I want a ring, man. I'm, I'm not yeah. getting it here next year. That's that yeah. might be yeah. tough for some Viking fans to, Tolerate, but go to the, go I mean, to the your top, your top corners are Cam Dantzler and Chris Boyd, and I've already mentioned or Harrison Chris Boyd. Hand too. We never know <laughs> if he could stay off the COVID list. He was on the thing like five times last year. <laughs> it's like, I, dude, what are you doing? Just you like, stay yeah, home. I just... don't go anywhere. <laughs> don't, don't go anywhere. Yeah, stay home. Uh, Sauce Gardner, I want to see yep. him a little bit. Daryl yep. Stingley Jr. is not going to work out. You know, you got Kalir, Kalir Elam. I apologize if I butchered that first name. Like, I, I think that's a group to watch. And then the edge rushers. Like, mm -hmm. we got DJ Wanham, who has experience in the 3-4. Daniil Hunter could probably be a beast in the 3-4 if they keep him. We probably haven't talked enough about that. But they need yep. some edge rushers. They need mutant freaks that can get to the quarterback. And I think this year there's a lot of good ones, especially uh, David Ojabo out of Michigan. You have Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, I believe. You know, I, I love the combine because I'm going to find out about guys that I don't know about right now. And it's going to excite me. And I'm going to go, that guy, go pick that guy. Yeah, I'm uh, I think maybe linebackers, too, like uh, because apparently they're going to probably have like at least four linebackers on the field a bunch of times now. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what specific defense they're going to run because I think Kevin O'Connell and even uh, their new defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel, have talked about, you know, their 3-4 might have an extra DB instead of an extra linebacker, just, just the way that the game's played today. 
Um, so maybe maybe they won't need as many linebackers, but we don't know if Anthony Barr is coming back. You know, Kendricks, it seems like he's coming back, but, you know, does he fit in the 3-4? Um, and so I'll be curious to see, you know, what they what they think of the linebackers. Um, and do the Vikings take a look at the kickers? <laughs> not that this, not that it, you can tell in the combine or whatever, like who's a good kicker or not. But, uh, you know, I think I, that's, I, I don't know. You know, I would not, I would I not advise against drafting. Don't draft one. Just don't yeah. draft one. Cause yeah. I don't think there's yeah. anybody worth it, but no. I mean, bring in a UDFA. I, I mean, Sebastian I would. Janikowski go in the first round. He did. <laughs> Al Davis went like crazy, like during the 2000s. Like, uh, actually, that was a 1990-something pick. Jan- was like Janikowski 99, was a little bit early. Yeah, but like, then he had the Crabtree pick, which, no, 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 he didn't take Crabtree. Crabtree went there later. It was Darius Hayward Bay that right, he right, took. Right. Like, he, he, he went insane with like, yeah, he just looked for fast guys. Like, that, oh, that was his draft strategy. Yeah. So... Draft season, baby. Um, So here's something that I can kind of finish off this episode. Unless you got something more to say about the combine. Otherwise, we're going to move on. I I don't. All right. Uh, Topic number three, the 2021 rookie class. And I wrote a piece at its own coverage just saying we don't know anything about this group. And our own Nick Edlund over at the Viking Age also wrote a 2021 redraft piece. And he already puts out great stuff. But he had three picks in his piece that were kind of interesting. He said he would take Davis Mills over Kellen Mond. He said he would take Kendrick Green over Wyatt Davis. And he would take Trey Smith over Jalen Twyman. Now, are you of the ilk that, you know, this class sucks, Spielman whiffed, nobody here is good? Or are you in the mindset like me that said one year ago we were writing everybody off in 2020. We want KJ Osborne off the team, and now he's the best third receiver since Darius Wright, and we have a couple more contributors. Where do you stand on the 2021 class after the first year? I'm more on on your side as far as evaluating this this rookie class, especially because it comes from the Mike Zimmer era where he just is known for burying rookies uh, on the depth chart. Like you have to be like. Justin Jefferson didn't start until the third game of his rookie year. Uh, Stefan Diggs didn't play at all until like fourth or fifth game of his year. So like rookies on the Vikings during the Zimmer era are typically, typically do not play uh, at least early in the season or until someone gets injured. You know, Brian O'Neill didn't play until like what Rashad Hill got hurt or something. Um, I think Mike Hughes was one of the few rookies to play immediately coincidence he was a cornerback um so you know maybe some favor favoritism there with mike zimmer but no i i don't look at i look at 2021 as more of a, a redshirt season for this that rookie class for the vikings including christian darisaw because you know there's some good things to like about him but you know he was kind of ripped on too by zimmer you know when he was kind of hurt in minicamp and zimmer's like well i thought he was he was supposed to be ready but uh he wasn't so he Darius, I got a quick, quick taste of you know what Mike Zimmer is all about. Uh, it just, it was just, it's just hard to evaluate rookies in in the Zimmer era. I think I'm still really curious about Wyatt Davis. I mean, the dude was a multi-time All-American at college at Ohio State. It wasn't like he was playing at like the University of Montana or something. This was 
at Ohio State. So to be an All-American there, I think you got to be got to be pretty good. Um, and I think he, he's probably he seems like a little humbled by his rookie season. Um, maybe motivate him a little more to, to come back and, and be better. Um, so, yeah, I, I I lean more to you as like it's it's too early to evaluate this draft class. But the picks that the redraft picks that Nick made, I, I have no problem with those either, because I mean, right now you you can say Davis Mills is better than Kellen Mond. But at the same time, we really have no idea about Kellen Mond or Wyatt Davis or most of the Vikings rookie class. I'm really wondering what happened with Kellen Mond last year. Like I never expected him to like push Kirk Cousins for the starting job, no. but the fact that his like crowning achievement last year was Mike Zimmer calling him out after that Packer game where he looked like a deer in headlights after three snaps, like it's like, what, what happened there? Did you just ignore him? Did you like lock him in a closet somewhere and just like, yeah, watch film. Yeah. There's no monitor in there. LOL. Like, it's just super weird. Like Wyatt Davis too. It's like, you're playing converted offensive tackles over him. You're playing Blake Brandle for a snap after Ole Udo got moved over. Or I think he was hurt at one point. Like yeah. it was just insane. Like we're not going to play him. And why? Cause he showed up overweight after you demanded big fat guys in the draft word for word. That's exactly what you asked for. Like, yeah, and he's like, I'm it, here. I'm big and fat. And there he's like, you're too fat. What? Yeah. Like, <laughs> What? Um, it, it just, yeah, the, the 2020 class, when you look back on it, like, I don't really know what to think of Cam Dantzler. Like, this year is going to tell us a lot, I think, about him, whether he's good or not. Like, Defend obviously, Justin. Yeah, line, hey, he's learning slowly. Like, yeah. some of us are a little slower. Still learning the game of football. Than others, but, um, you know, Justin Jefferson, obviously, God mode. Ezra Cleveland starter KJ Osborne, yep. probably the most improved player on the team. Like yep. there's no reason the Vikings can't have a couple of players step up and be adequate pieces. And this time with Kevin O'Connell, we know they'll have the opportunity. Hell there will be rookies in the 2022 class that will have an opportunity to contribute. For sure. Like this For is sure. going to be a team that is what they want to build. And I think you just can't throw away a draft class because Oh, Zimmer didn't play anyone. Like you gotta look at the track record and at least give them a shot. And if things don't turn out well, uh, I don't know. We didn't even mention Cam Bynum. Like he looked good when he hit the field. Well, you, I know you had a question about someone who could take like a KJ Osborne kind of leap, and that was gonna be my guy, Cam Bynum, because yeah. I think in his his limited opportunities last year, he showed some some flashes that he could possibly even just be a week one starter next season. And I don't think anybody would really be surprised by that if Bynum was you know an opening day starter for the Vikings next year because when he was on the field I think he might have got hurt a little bit last year um but he he looked good when he was on the field um and I don't think we can you can say that a lot about Vikings rookies especially on defense especially in the secondary um so I'm, I'm curious to see what what he does and if his if his progression influences the Vikings, you know, either re-signing Xavier Woods or or bringing in another veteran safety. I think they they might uh just go with Bynum because one he's cheap and and he's already been in this defense, I guess sort of, but it depends what the the new people want to do cuz they could just they could do whatever they want. They could turn him back into a corner cuz that's what he was in college. Um so 
I'm curious, but I think he could be the guy. You might, I think you, you mentioned somebody else who could take the KJ Osborne leap, right? Well, I'll stay at, I'll stay at the same position. I think it could be Amir Smith Marset. I mean, Wyatt Davis, we could list Wyatt Davis too, but I think he's too obvious. I, I think Amir Smith Marset has a skill set to get deep in this offense. And like, look at the season finale against the Bears. He had three catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. And like they talked to Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, they're like, "Oh, what do you think of that?" And they're like, "We're not surprised. Like he was doing this in practice all the time." Which is, if I, that was I the hate case, when I hear, I hate when I hear yeah. that. Yeah, why well, is he not hey, on the field? Then? <laughs> practice is a little bit easier. And B, yeah. why is he not on the field? Like, yeah. is Clint just being like, oh, "I don't know, maybe you know?" It's definitely hey, not Clint. Mars, that it definitely is not his decision. Hey, hey, no, Coach Zim, you think you think yeah, we can yeah, throw yeah. mirrors and spin our set and, and, and shut up and run the ball? No, no, yeah, okay, yeah. man, I'm just gonna Pretty hit the button on my headset here. You can't hear me talk. I can't hear you. This, this yeah. is great. I'm gonna go back, um, gonna go back to the Broncos. I, <laughs> uh, Court, I, do you feel bad for him, like Clint Kubiak? Yes like, and no, because no, because he was I, given a great opportunity. But yes, because. Yeah. The opportunity probably he probably wasn't set up for success as best as as possible. I think it's a like a lot of things on last year's team. I think it was a combination of factors. It was Zimmer and Clint Kubiak. It was Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. It was you know it just kind of Zimmer and Spielman. Like it's not one or the other. It's and it's a lot of different factors. But I mean, look at the new offense. Like if the Vikings are really going to go full Rams and they've shown every indication that they're going to, like yeah. they'll need receivers. Like Amir yeah. Smith-Marset could be a Van Jefferson. He could be that yeah. deep threat that gets open and Kirk or Malik Willis or whoever could just chuck the ball to him. And I think he could have a solid season. I, I'm not putting him as the next Stefan Diggs, but I think he can be very good. And if you get a quality number two receiver in waiting, like, shoot, I'd take one at 12 if you really want to. Get Drake London. That would be fun. Or second round, Christian Watson and ESU. So he's going to go full, full, like old school 2000 Vikings and just load up on offense and have no defense. That was so much fun, though. Like, I know they were <laughs> 6 and 10. Well, like every game, there was one game, if you don't mind me going back in the memory banks, go, like go for it. it was like Buffalo and the Vikings. And like, I think it was, was it Doug Christie? Was that his, was that the kicker's name? Kicker? I know Jeff yep. Christie was a yep. center. Doug yep. Christie. I got the right yep. one. He missed like six kicks. Like it was unreal, like extra points, field goals, <laughs> whatever. And like the game wound up being like, 43 39 or something and it might be a little bit high but like it was just high scoring like drew bledsoe was chucking i was gonna up say was that when bledsoe tight. was with the bills yeah yeah like they, they yeah. weren't good either and it was just back and forth and like the vikings wound up losing because all those pick or missed kicks but i mean mm -hmm. it it was just fun it's just like yeah we're just gonna throw the ball to randy moss because you can't stop it like you you could easily do that with justin jefferson and the best oh, part sure. is you you have a supporting cast that's better than the one that Moss had. So I mean, and like, the rules you can go are a lot blockers if you want to. And, yeah, and the the rules cater to offenses way more now too. So I, you know, when I think, 
I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'm not going to be surprised because I think this is going to happen. I think there's going to be more of an emphasis placed on the offensive side of the ball for the Vikings um, because that's the side that has the most advantage in the NFL. I don't think many people are going to argue against that. If you breathe on an offensive player and you're a defender, you're going to get flagged pretty much uh, in the NFL today. And that you can't say that about Randy Moss's playing days as much. So I don't know. Um, this this week's gonna be fun. This this month is gonna be fun. Then you got the draft. Like, yeah, we're it's gonna be fun. We're and the Vikings is a very interesting team. A lot of people are interested. You know, a lot of people are paying attention to this team. Curious what we're what the Vikings are gonna do. I don't want to say we. I'm not on the team. I don't like when people do that. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 ex- this week. Just I'm waiting for like a bomb to drop like and not from Ian Rappaport or Mike Garofolo. I'm tired of hearing from those guys like, oh Kirk Cousins could be here for five more years. He could be <laughs> with the Vikings. <laughs> they no, gotta work not. out the contract. They gotta yeah, work yeah. out the contract. Yeah. They love him. Well, but that, yeah. that that small that little important thing about you know the giant contract that he wants seems to be a little bit of a factor. Yeah, I don't want to hear from those guys. I like Tom Pelissero, but he's I think he only had like one report. The other guys have just been like <laughs> Kirk Cousins is staying. And everyone else is like, maybe, maybe not. So maybe, maybe not. That's what I got. But that is all the time we got for the Viking Age podcast tonight. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, do all those fun YouTube things. And for Adam Patrick, I am Chris Shad. We'll sign off and we'll talk to you on Thursday right here on the Viking Age podcast. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.